welcome to Classics with Champagne and Caviar, where we're two wacky sisters, Francesca and Coco, who discuss our love for classic films. So pop open a bottle of your best champagne and caviar and let's talk classics. And welcome back to another episode of Classics with Champagne and Caviar with Francesca and Coco. Hello, everyone. And before we start off with our lovely episode and continuation of the classic film Laura, we ourselves here at Classics with Champagne and Caviar wanted to bid Kirk Douglas and Max von Sydow a bit long farewell. Yes, we do. Um, they were iconic actors and we are certainly keeping their families in our prayers. Classic films would not exist without these wonderful actors that comprise these films. And these are two such legendary actors, Kirk Douglas and Max von Sydow. Without them, we would not have such great movies as Spartacus, The Seventh Seal, The Greatest Story Ever Told, or The Bad and the Beautiful. So we bid you a farewell from Francesca and Coco. Now, as we continue on, we were discussing 1944, Laura by Otto Preminger. We were, and we were discussing how one woman, played by Jean Tierney, was immortalized through the viewpoints of three dominant male characters. We had Dana Andrews as Detective Mark McPherson. Shelby Carpenter, played by Vincent Price. And Waldo Lidecker, played by the iconic Clifton Webb. And on our last episode, Coco, you were telling us about a wonderful painting that is featured in the movie, a photograph made into a painting of Jean Tierney that you actually have in your possession. Yes, I do. I have a photograph. The original, might I add. Yes, it is an original and <laughs> a praise. <laughs> um, photograph of the iconic portrait of Jean Tierney that was given out like a publicity photo that she signed and dated and had other actors sign as well many, many, many years ago. I'm quite aware that there are reprints and reproductions. But and you have like the original, that. correct? Yes, I have the original. What an iconic thing to have in one's possession, the original photo painting of Jean Tierney. Yes, it's gorgeous, and I have it in a beautiful frame just like it was above her mantelpiece in the film, along with um, photos, well, excuse me, not photos, but letters, but I do have photos of Clifton Webb as well, but letters of Clifton Webb um, between him and his mother, correspondence discussing the film before and after and various productions that he was in. Very interesting reads. Oh, well, that sounds like something that we will definitely have to discuss. But let's continue on as we talk about Laura. So we have these wonderful characters, as all of you classic film moviegoers out there know. Um, The movie is told in retrospect in the sense of Laura. We all fall in love with her through the painting of Jean Tierney, which you have, Coco, in your possession. Yes. And all of these three men that are focused around her Mark McPherson is played by Dana Andrews, Shelby Carpenter, played by Vincent Price, and also Clifton Webb, who plays... I'm not going to say sinister, but sarcastic, spicy, feisty, um, 
Right, very, very witty. He gives yes. the witty sarcasm in the film, the dialogue. Yes. Yes. And all these Witty sarcasm with a... Twist. <laughs> <laughs> what the wonderful twist is only um, Clifton Webb can deliver. But all of these men are very obsessed with this young, beautiful, talented woman who starts off in advertising. And she works her way up, first meeting Waldo Lidecker. Yes, in the restaurant with a very fantastic um, line about him helping her. Correct. And the movie even starts off with retrospect from Waldo Lidecker with a line. Well, the movie starts off, which is what encapsulated me as a child, because he states, I shall never forget the weekend Laura died. A silver sun burned through the sky like a huge magnifying glass. It was the hottest Sunday in my recollection. I felt as if I were the only human being left in New York. I had just begun Laura's story when another of those detectives came to see me. I had him wait. And that line right there really tells you or gives you a sense of where the story is going in the movie, Laura, about an obsession, a love so deep that it becomes obsessed. And that comes from Waldo Lidecker's character for Laura. Yes, he was um, obsessed with Laura, but one begs to differ, was he obsessed? Or was Laura trying to make him upset? Well, that's or a whole other story. Or lead him on? Or what's your take on that? I mean, you could take that so many variations because, I mean, you can't help how someone falls in love with you, but you can play a devilish advocate, as they say, and, you know, aid in a bed how you treat that person or, you know, create an illusion for that person to think of you in such a light but I do think that first line from the movie allows you to see that Waldo Lidecker's character without even the help of Laura played by Jean Tenney was already obsessed with her from just looking at her which is why the photo that you have in your possession is so pivotal in the movie because it shows us that most people when they come in contact with her photograph and her painting, they are yes. instantly drawn in by her beauty, her magnetism, and as even as Waldo... her sophistication, although Waldo himself, and when he recollects with um, Dana Andrews, recollects, I mean, he um, goes into detail in describing how he transformed her. Correct. And something that he does say, Waldo Lidecker, about Laura is that she had innate breeding. So I think we're all given and he this... he was able to capitalize off of that. I think we're all given this portrait of her as someone who's very magnifying from how they look to their behavior. Everything about them draws you in. Yes, it does draw you in. But in order to really... I would say study Waldo's obsession, you have got to take a look at and dissect Laura's character. Correct. And I mean, that was she really just a fantastic goody two shoes type of, of woman? Or was she a femme fatale that was luring these men in so she could do what she wanted to do or use them however she wanted to use them? 
Well, I mean, that beginning line that you read from Waldo Lidecker's character does tell us that this movie is no cakewalk because she is dead at the beginning of the movie, or so we think at the very beginning. So we know this is not some, you know, a mini mouse, as we say, that's just around a bunch of dopes, or as uh, Mark McPherson said, a woman that's surrounded herself around a bunch of dopes. So the movie takes us from Waldo Lidecker's uh, retrospective of her and how they first met, and this is where we first see the real Jean Tierney in live and living color, and we get to notice his obsession with her, and we see how they met as a, a small town girl trying to make it big in New York City as an advertising executive and she meets someone who's very famous rich popular knows all the right people all the right places and it just goes from there but she still herself did all of the hard work and then on that line she meets Shelby Carpenter she meets Shelby absolutely but as I just stated you have to really think about the character of Laura and how she used these men now, if you read or you think about what Waldo stated when he said, you know, she was quick to seize upon anything that would improve her mind or her appearance. Laura had innate breeding, but she deferred to my judgment and taste. And he goes on discussing how he made her more attractive with her appearance and things like that. And he goes to say, men admired her, women envied her. She became as famous as Waldo Lidecker's walking stick and his white carnation. So you get the very impression there that Laura was very emulated by all of high society because she was a very beautiful woman, she was very talented, very gifted, and in the right social circles. Exactly. I believe that, but I also believe that Laura, I, I think the movie kind of infers that she also had another side of her. I mean, think about it. She starts to date Shelby Carpenter, as you were mentioning, but Shelby Carpenter was dating her aunt, Anne Treadwell. So you can't be that nice of a lady to date your aunt's man, can you? Well, listeners out there, that's for them to judge and make that, that retrospective answer. But we do get the impression from different aspects of these three different men that she has different sides of her or she has compartmentalized her life in different ways. And you see that in the um, flashbacks that each character gives of her. The only real perspective that we get or valid perspective is through Mark McPherson's character because he sees the live in living flesh, Laura. I, I totally agree with that. Um, but at the same time, when she comes back and you see her with Mark McPherson, then you begin to believe, well, was Waldo, what he was saying, was it really true? Could he have, you know, I don't want to say made up what he thought, but maybe, um, like, like, and it happens in real life sometimes, what you think that happens with a person is just your opinion, but it doesn't necessarily mean that's the truth. Well, I think this is the credit of the great director, Otto Preminger, who allows us as the viewer to make our own viewpoint and standpoint on how we view Laura, as well as her relationships with the men in her circle, i.e., you know, Waldo Lidecker, Shelby Carpenter, and Mark McPherson. Well, can I ask 
ask you this, Francesca. Sure, Coco. If, if you had to choose between those three men, mm-hmm. which one would, I would say, pique your interest? Hands down, Dana Andrews, and Mark why? McPherson. Is it just because his physical beauty or, or what? Along with Dana Andrews being a very handsome man and lovely gifted actor, I think in his character as Lieutenant Mark McPherson, he gives Laura the balance and yin to her yang, so to speak, because but he's he only she only meets him like he's less he's not even but Coco, his interaction with her is maybe less than But as we know Coco Love happens very quickly at love is first sight, as they say. But there's also something called lust. I think initially maybe he had lust after coming into her apartment and searching through her things. And reading the letters from Waldo. Correct, but I think after really witnessing her interaction and seeing the real her, I think he had nothing to lose but see the real her and value her. And you have to remember, for those, of course, who have seen the movie, uh, Lieutenant Mark McPherson is very... Holds, pun, holds no punchlines kind of fellow. He's not going to be very easygoing, nice, or sugarcoat anything. He was very upfront with Laura, told the truth. I mean, he wasn't trying to please anybody, get in any social circles. So he was very real with her. Whereas Shelby Carpenter and Waldo Lidecker, although you want to say Laura used them, they each used her for their advancements. Well, I would, uh, without a doubt, know that Shelby Carpenter used her. And I so mean, did Waldo Lidecker. When she gets arrested, he runs back to her aunt. Correct. And Treadwell, and when, when Dana Andrews punches him in the stomach in Laura's apartment before he takes her to jail, which I thought was very, very a clever move for a man in love with a woman. He just wanted her to, to admit, test. To admit. Um, who she really wanted to be with. Correct. But as you said, from the very opening line and from the line where Waldo Lidecker says that Laura became as famous as Waldo Lidecker's walking stick, that shows he likes to collect things. And even in the movie, as you watch it, he gave her things, collected things, and he wanted those things to be part of his collection and remain in his collection. And Laura was just one more thing that was part of his collection. Yes, I would agree with that, but you still don't believe that he actually was in love with her? As we say, I think that's... And you don't feel that Laura used him to, to, to get in high society, which is quite interesting because her aunt was very rich and could have helped her and her career. But as we get from Judith Anderson's wonderful performance as she plays Anne Treadway, that... We already know that there's some type of strain there between Anne Treadway and Laura as between an aunt and a niece. So they don't have the closest relationship. And I think, and even Waldo Lidecker said that all of the things that Laura accomplished were still her own. She had, as he quoted, saying, innate breeding. So it wasn't like he gave some, you know, random person on the street that had no qualities, you know, some random person that could not pull this off. He found the woman who, as they say, diamond in the rough. Yes, I would agree with that. And she did all of her own polishing. I certainly agree with it, but I still believe that even if it's the smallest part of him, I still believe that he loved her. And I think he probably did. And do you believe she loved him? You know, in the end, when she's describing to Mark McPherson everything he's done and that she owes him so much, 
more than just a, a kind of charity type of love, I still feel like she was maybe a little bit. But I think she, you can love someone for many different reasons, and I think Laura definitely proves that. And she definitely has a lot to admire and adore Waldo Lydecker for, but she was never in love with him. And I think the story, and that's why the movie is so poignant, because it gives us an account of Laura and who she is as a person in three different accounts. One from Waldo Lydecker, one from Shelby Carpenter, and one from the live Laura once we find out that she is actually still alive. So therefore, I do believe that Laura was never really in love with Waldo Lydecker. But to some degree, she was a little bit of a user. Otto Priminger stated that when he was describing the characters of Laura and mm -hmm. Waldo. Correct. Well, I think it's like anything. You have a stepladder, you use it. But I think it was a two-way street, so to speak. And, and I don't mean usury in a bad way, like they used each other for their own devices. It was more like they helped use each other as any couple would, except they had the one main ingredient that was missing in a relationship. And that's love. And, that's love. and Waldo Lidecker had obsession, but that's not love. Laura had a desire to want to better herself, but that's not love. Correct. And so when she found love... And Shelby Carpenter just used her. He was, I, I want to say he's the no man's land because he's in the middle of something that he just wants to use for his own platform. Because he was seeing other, he was seeing women. other women, including mm -hmm. her aunt, as well as one of the ladies that worked for Laura, which yes. we find out is the actual victim of the crime exactly. in the movie, who looked like um, Laura Diane Redfern. That was the character's name, yes. and we find out she's actually the victim. But we see that she'll and be. Just think about how how horrible that is. He brings this other woman mm -hmm. to Laura's apartment. I mean, knowing that Laura isn't there. Correct. I mean, that was absolutely horrible. How could you love someone I and do that? I mean, he gives his excuse to Laura. But you also not only bring this other woman into Laura's apartment, you let people grieve for her death, mm -hmm. knowing that she is not dead. Correct. How could you do that? And can I give just a... A quick shout out, I sure. mean, if, if I may, mm -hmm. to the fantastic actress Dorothy Adams who portrayed Bessie. Oh, correct. I mean, she loved Laura and her character was amazing. I mean, she was great. She gets a stellar performance as the maid and the true person who knew Laura and loved and cared for her. Yes, Regardless, correct. When she screams correct. when she sees her. I mean, absolutely stellar. But I think when getting back to what you were saying about how can someone love someone that does that, and this is where the photo and painting that you own in your possession of yes. Jean Tierney is so vital because it just shows that they all were infatuated with an idea of True. Laura based on how she looked and appeared, but no one ever really knew Laura. I agree with that, and I, I also would agree with you get the impression with Dana Andrews character that he's going to be the first person that sees her for who she is and loves her correct in a real 
way. In a real, in a real way. And he expresses that love, you know, in a very demonstrative way. Yes. But he is a truly in love. <laughs> exactly. But like I said, I would love to have Jaina Andrews jealous over me. <laughs> but um, he's definitely <laughs> shows her that he really has her better interest at heart. Where Shelby Carpenter and Waldo Lidecker, who've known her for such a long period of time, don't. Right. So we're brought to this story of a woman who we presumably think at the beginning of the film is dead as time progresses and we see the retrospects and flashbacks of the character we realize she's actually still alive and then we see the real live Gene Tierney come to fruition and then t a little bit Otto Preminger does a fabulous job of making you think maybe she'd killed the innocent victim Diane Redfern. Did you ever really think she did that? Well she had motive for sure because she was sleeping with a man that uh, she was dating, Shelby Carpenter. So you have a lot of motive to kill the other woman and get her out of the way, out of anger or fear and all of these other things. So she had motive. But then we realized that that really wasn't Laura. Well, did you think that Shelby possibly had done it? When you learn the character and the portrayal by Vincent Price is so wonderful that he's not very strong-willed enough to, <laughs> as they say, nicely, right, yes. strong-willed enough to really to commit the, the crime. And we learned the crime was she was shot dead in the face with, with a shot, shot, right, a shotgun. So to shoot someone that violently in their face has a lot of hatred. And yes. the only person that could and you have to have a strong stomach right. to be able to do that and hide the weapon. Exactly. Yeah. So the only person that I felt like you could think that this possibly was the murderer as we continue on with the story would either be her aunt and Treadway or, yes. or Waldo Lidecker. So you really thought that Waldo could have possibly done it. That's because when I was a child and I watched it, I never really anticipated that Waldo would have been the murderer. Well, as you study film noir and other classic films, you notice crimes of such passion are always created by a jealous lover. Yes, of and course, or family. Waldo Lidecker was very jealous of anyone that came in Laura's way. have the right to be? Well, quite naturally. Look at it through his viewpoint. Of course, and, and you see that from his retrospects and flashbacks of Laura, that he does have a right to have some... Does he feel used? I mean, I Has don't... He been used? I don't know if he feels he used. Because remember, at one point, he tells Mark McPherson mm -hmm. that she's done this before. Correct. Jackie, the painter. Right. Remember, who is supposedly the painter that painted her portrait. Correct. So and you, you, you get this feeling that while they're together, she has these periods where she would leave him for a while and date other people. Maybe correct. in hopes of leaving him mm -hmm. or just dalliances these men? Well, I think that that was her method of trying to do it in a nice way, so to speak, to let him go because she realized, I think, early on that he just collects things and that she was just one piece of his collection missing and he just wanted to own her, control her. And that's not love, as we of see. Of course it's not love, but at the same time, Laura is no innocent victim. That well, no one's saying she's innocent because as 
we have stated, if you've watched I'm the film, of course. Advocate. Right, she I she have is to stand up for the men out there that are listening <laughs> that may have been in similar situations where you felt used by women. Well, and and no one should be used because real love is not of any type of usury. But in this movie, perhaps I think she tries to be very gentle with Waldo Lydecker's character. Because I character. think she feels bad. She probably that he does has given feel her bad. So much and helped so much. Right, but you and can't help who you love. And she knows he's in love with her. But you can't help who you love. Well, yes. You and cannot. you know you can't let anyone stand in the way of love. Honest. Do you think that Waldo would have helped her had she not gotten personally involved with? Well, that remains to be seen, and I think that's why Otto Primage's direction is so beautifully, because it leaves that what-if question. What if they had done this? What if she had done this? True. How would this story turn out? And I, that leaves it for the viewer's standpoint to make your own conclusion. So you feel, as we come to find out, as the story progresses, that Waldo Lidecker is the murderer and has killed Diane Redfern, thinking it was Laura. And we do soon find out, and Laura and Mark McPherson find out, and he does attempt at the end to once and for all have Laura. And the famous line that he says at the end right before all of this uh, wraps up in the movie is that if he can't have her, no one can. And that's like something that you want to possess. That is uh, somebody who's terribly obsessed. Obsessed. And, possessed. And obsession gone wrong. To Correct. The <laughs> to the temp. Correct. So, yes. But as I said, Dana Andrews could have possessed and obsessed over me all day long. obsessed over me too, darling. <laughs> but I as certainly would have been happy. Right. Um, but as we find out, she does scave death and, you know, the man gets his man. Lieutenant Mark McPherson does get Waldo Lidecker in the end. The question is, do you feel sorry for Waldo? after we find out he's been shot and killed at the end of the film. I can't help, I can't help it, but yes, I kind of feel sorry for him. Because number one, we're talking about differences in ages, okay? So naturally speaking, if you're an older individual and you're involved with someone that's substantially younger than you, there's going to be jealousies and insecurities and things like that. And if he felt like he really helped to make her career, which he did, and he introduced her to um, high society, he felt old. But the question is, um, at what point does Laura have to continuously pay the price to tell him thank you or, you know, I appreciate what you've done. But once again, once you start crossing lines and you go from business acquaintances to romantic and you get the feeling it was never just business it was strictly romantic um, thus in lies the problem so I felt sorry for him yes I did because you get the uh, the impression that Laura was like you said never in love with him correct and that's what's so sad and even when she was with him she was continuously looking for outside people that was the point of introducing the character of Jacoby and for her even to date Shelby Carpenter who she probably never really loved she says it to Mark she's like I don't know how I could have ever been in love with him correct um so you you just look at her trying to find a way out by having dalliances with these different men while she's still dating Waldo who will not let her go but yes I feel sorry for him 
Right. Well, I think for the moviegoers out there, just take a moment and rewatch 1944's Laura, and you'd make that judgment on your own and see the wonderful, outstanding performances of Gene Tierney. By this fantastic ensemble uh, cast. With Dana Andrews, Judith Anderson, Clifton Webb, Clifton Webb Dorothy Adams, and Vincent Price. So this is going to wrap up this episode of Classics with Champagne and Caviar with Francesca and Coco. But on our next episode, we're going to talk about the classic film by George Stevens, The Diary of Anne Frank. One of our favorites. So join us next time. 